Welcome to Living Box Free. Our mission is to help you break out of the box of worldly expectations. We're here to help you find your unique journey to a healthy, fulfilled life. Hello, welcome back to the Living Box Free podcast. I'm Becky. I'm Ashleen. Yay! <laughs> we are going to talk about to oh blah blah blah. <laughs> We're going to talk today, if I can talk, about dealing with judgment. Wah, We've wah. all been there. Yeah. We're going to talk about dealing with judgment. But first, what is on the rise for you this week, Ash? On the rise for me is vacation. I am about to go on vacation with my family when we're recording this anyway. Um, I think I'll probably have just returned from vacation when we release this episode. But I haven't gone in two years, as most people, you know, vacations got put on hold in 2020. Mm -hmm. And so hopefully it'll be lots of fun. I usually come back with some sort of injury because my sister is really good at talking me into ridiculous things. Like challenges? Um, like last time we couldn't get in the ocean cause the waves were too strong. Like we weren't mm. allowed to get in the ocean. And so we ended up renting, um, skimboard or wakeboards. Oh yeah. And I wiped out on this wakeboard, like trying to learn how to do it. And I hit the ground and I'm just lying there. And I heard like this, like right before I hit the ground, I heard my leg pop oh. and I hit the ground and I'm lying there and I was like, Oh so this is what it feels like to have a broken leg. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> it turned out to not be broken. Well, that's at least good. I think. Maybe. I don't know. I never I never actually went so to the So that's why you kick out when you run on that yeah, one side. Exactly, no, I'm just kidding. Exactly. That's why I that's why I hobble when I do certain <laughs> things. I thought it was like a cool <laughs> like a cool dude limp you had going on there. Anyway, so we'll see. We'll see how vacation goes. Uh we did an epic workout today to send Ash off on this vacation. We did. And sleep really well. It was a good time. It did involve running. It did. A <laughs> lot of running. Yes, a lot. <laughs> what about you? What's on the rise for me? My sister, two weekends ago, I was with her in Utah and Idaho, made a bunch of wedding centerpieces as well as decorative letters on wooden signs for her wedding. And for us, it's, I mean, it's, really cool. It's exciting. She's getting married this fall and bouncing lots of ideas off of each other. So I am not a professional wedding planner. If you do need help with burlap and bows, I'm your gal. (laughs) I am now really good at those. I don't know how many mason jars of burlap and bows we did. My sister and her fiance tried to make bows, which they didn't try that hard. And then they're like, Becky, you're just so much better. You have to do them all. And I'm like, okay, great. Flattery will get you anywhere. Yes. So it had a great weekend. Yeah. It was a little bit of, little bit of slave labor, <laughs> but at least we have a lot of cute centerpieces now and just brainstorming fun things. The other day, my sister said, oh, wouldn't that be cool if I announced you and Tristan, because we're in the bridal party, yeah. and you guys walked in on your hands. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, well, I'm not that great yet. Okay, first of all, <laughs> what are you going to be wearing? I know. I go, can I wear a jumpsuit instead of a dress? Or a romper. And she's like, oh, no. So I'm like, uh, okay. I don't think this is going to work out. Probably not. Great idea. So if you need any wedding brainstorming, lots of great ideas yeah. going around over here. Yep. Just shoot us a message. <laughs> I can give you some. I would be moderately terrified to have you plan my wedding. Oh, man. It I would be wait. really fun, but it would be moderately terrifying. We, we definitely came up with some fun games for the reception. Oh, I'm sure. Yes. I told her they should do dance lessons and 
do Ooh. something fun and crazy, but they weren't into that. Dance <laughs> lessons. I don't think I've ever been to a wedding that had dance lessons, but it makes sense. I mean, it could be cool. I can teach everyone the chicken dance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I Macarena. Yes. I'm your gal. <laughs> Cupid shuffle. So good times. And I would judge you for doing this. I was going to say, yeah, don't judge me. Because we're talking about judgment. (laughs) (laughs) Segways. It's a great segue. We're We're talking about judgment. We're so good at segways. How was 2020 for you? (laughs) Probably a lot of judgment. Yeah. (laughs) Man, I'm I'm just excited to be podcasting because I feel like it's Mm -hmm. been a little while. We had to uh, stockpile some episodes up so that we, because we both had some busy weeks. And then uh, you talked to Jim last week, which was so cool. Um, but I just feel like it's been a while since we've we've actually gotten to, gotten to sit down and talk about something. So yeah. I'm excited. Me too. To dive in. It's much. I mean, I I had a great time talking to Jim. It was weird you sitting in the corner watching us. <laughs> <laughs> so it's okay. good to have you up I here. I wasn't just like staring at you. Just to be clear, I was like she was taking notes, taking and then notes giving me and feedback afterwards, doing things. Yeah. <laughs> Well, if you could talk a little bit slower and... Um, Your posture wasn't great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just sat up straight when Ooh, you said that. yes. <laughs> okay, anyway, here judgment. we go. Let's talk about judgment. All right, so in this episode, we're going to talk about three things. We're going to talk about what we mean by judgment, just so that we're all on the same page, because you could define it many different ways. We're going to talk about where it comes from, so why it even happens. Um, and then we're going to talk about three ways to deal with judgment. So what Teach we, me. Yeah. <laughs> I have so much wisdom on this topic because I've, you know. I mean, we've definitely been in the trenches. Some, some judgment this year. Yeah. Yes. It's been a little Most bit rough. Most of us have. Mm-hmm. So what do we mean by judgment? Let's start there. Um, basically, it comes down to moral decisions. So someone believing that your moral decision was incorrect. So when we're talking about judgment, it's interesting to note that we're specifically talking about negative judgment Because positive judgment also happens. We just don't ever notice it or have feelings about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Unless someone specifically says, oh, I'm so proud of you for choosing this. Or I'm, you know, I'm glad you chose that. That's a very good point. So people do judge us in positive ways. We just don't usually interact with that. Or you don't define it as judgment because we have that negative connotation when we hear that word. Yes, but it does happen. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I could judge you for... Um, what you had for breakfast, but decide that it was a good choice instead mm-hmm. of a negative choice. But then we won't talk about that. But if I judge you negatively, then we might talk about it. So th- yep. that's just an, a thing to note. But in this episode, we're specifically going to address the negative aspects of judgment. So if someone says you shouldn't have worn that, or you shouldn't be wearing that, or you should not have taken your kid to out in public during a pandemic, mm-hmm. or you should be wearing a mask. You should get vaccinated. Um, so basically someone ch- saying that what you have chosen, the moral decision you have made, is bad or negative and incorrect. I love that you're just like throwing out the elephants in the room. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right just toss the them mat. on out there. Yep. And most of the time we're talking about things that don't have necessarily a right and a wrong. Mm-hmm. A lot of our lives are gray. They're not necessarily right or wrong choices. There are some right or wrong. I believe that there are absolute truths and there are right and wrong choices. But a lot of things do come down to values and your own personal judgments yep. and your own moral decisions. And so, that yeah, it's complicated. It's complicated. Yeah. Speaking of that gray, it makes me think back to what we talked to Jim Bishop about in mm. our last episode 
where he talked about so many people, it's this or that. Right. And as we talk about the gray, it can be and. And there's multiple sides to a story. Not just two, not just this or that, but there's so many sides to the story. And I think the pandemic is, once again, it's just like a case study (laughs) of so many different sides. We're all in the same story of a pandemic, but we have small business owners. We have people taking care of their elderly parents. We have people who are young and still want to go vacation and do fun things. And so there's so many different perspectives. And that's, I think, where a lot of this judgment has come from is, feeling like it's this side or that side versus there's a multitude of different sides and experiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, it feels a little bit like the levels of judgment are just amping up. Yeah. Um, and I think, so let's talk about where it comes from. Judgment does just exist as humans. We look at each other and we, we think, okay, that person is right. That person is wrong. It, it, we do tend to think in black or white. That's how mm-hmm. our brains are wired and we have to push out of that wiring. However, I think in our culture right now in the United States, we are so individualistic as opposed to collectivistic um, that it's just amplifying those judgment calls. So collectivistic cultures are often in Eastern cultures um, or African cultures, and they would have more of the judgments of like what is best for the group as opposed to what is best for me. So here in the United States, we often say, I need to do what is best for me. You need to do what is best for you. As opposed to in other, in collectivist cultures, it might be, we need to do what is best for the community. And if you're not doing what's best for the community, then you are doing it wrong. So it's not necessarily that judgment doesn't take place in collectivist cultures. It's Mm -hmm. just being judged for a different thing. Um, But right now, we've kind of done away with our collective truths of like, this is right and wrong. And so we're in a place of nobody really knows what's right and wrong or has decided can agree on what's right and wrong. And so it really is just everyone's doing their best, which then allows us to feel like, we know what is best and we can judge what's best in other people's lives. So it it's just messy right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily disagree with that mindset, um, but it is, it's complicated. To walk I feel through. like everything you just said about culture, <laughs> people could go back, rewind, listen to that again and really think about that. Cause we don't, yeah, we, it's so hard to see what it, uh, the culture is when you're in it. And it's taking that step back and looking at it from above to see why are we judging and what are we judging based on? So it's very interesting breaking that down, the collective versus the individual culture mindset. So I think that's where this amplified sense of judgment is coming from, Mm -hmm. especially as we continue to be more and more isolated during a pandemic. It becomes more and more about me as an individual and less about us as a collective group. And so that's why it's hard harder to think about things like wearing a mask to protect someone else, because if you are in it to do what's best for you, then it doesn't even make sense to you to wear a mask to protect someone else. Mm -hmm. So those kinds of things, it just, it gets messy. That's all. It just gets messy, messy. And it depends on what your values are individually. Have you seen the movie, the campaign? No. It has Will Ferrell in it. You probably haven't. This is one of those Becky Ash moments (laughs) where 
Ash would never watch this movie because it's so stupid, (laughs) but it's, they're running for political office. And one of the guys, he's from the hangover. I can't remember his name, but uh, it's Will Ferrell and this other funny guy. And he goes, bring your brooms because it's a mess in here. (laughs) And he's talking about like the political climate. So that's what you made me think of (laughs) as you said that. It is. It is. Bring your brooms. It's a mess. It's a judgmental mess in here. Yes. So those, I mean, that's why judgment exists and that's why we're feeling it even more right now. So what can we do about it? What What can we do? Let's talk about that. We're going to talk about three things. (sighs) First one, remember, people don't see everything. And this is, we've talked about this in the past. This is part of that concept of no one sees the whole story. In fact, I don't even see the whole story in my life because I can't see how I'm behaving or how I'm coming across. Um, so that's, you know, something that's interesting to keep in mind. So mm-hmm. when I say, remember, no one sees the full story, don't just immediately throw out everyone else's feedback because you can't see the entire story of what you're doing and how you're coming across either. So yep. that's kind of my caveat here. But nobody has the full picture of your life except you, but especially strangers or people who don't know you well, they really don't have the full story. They don't understand your motivations, your values, why you're making the choices that you're making. So try to keep that in mind as you're feeling judged. And that's why it hurts so much more mm-hmm. when someone who's close to you judges you negatively than if a stranger on the street judges you negatively. Now, the stranger on the street can happen to hit something that's really an insecurity of yours already, and then that can feel really terrible. But the worst times of judgment, feeling judgment, are when someone who is really close to you and you feel like they understand you judges you. Yep. And then you not only feel misunderstood, but you feel like something, you know, you are wrong. What you are doing is wrong. Who you are is wrong because they understand you and they're saying you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And those are, those are hard feelings to deal with. Those are very hard feelings. Yes. I feel like, yes, the pandemic has brought out a lot of judgment and I feel like becoming a parent in the last year, I am just like, wow, people, yeah, people who you care about judging the decisions you make and how you raise your kid, whether you send them to daycare or not, all that stuff. I'm just like, I have never felt so much judgment in my yeah. life from people who I care about, but then you're like, okay, we go, it goes back to boundaries yeah. and having to set some boundaries. And no matter what, they don't see everything that the factors that go into the decisions you make. Uh, so yeah, that is very, a very good point to remember. They don't see everything. And one thing I, I feel like I've noticed that it's not a tactic I have taken, but I've seen a lot of people go to social media to share their justification. Mm-hmm. It's like they want to paint the picture and they want to tell you what you can't see about their right. life. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but I think I've, that's that's a coping mechanism mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of people take to in the yeah. last year to try to explain which... Oftentimes, anyone trying to explain their views on social media doesn't always convince other people, but it might make you feel better. Right. But it doesn't necessarily change the mind of those judging you. Yes. And that is that kind of feeds into my second point. But yeah, I mean, when mm-hmm. you're saying that, it, it matters. <sighs> Who is judging you matters. And the way that you feel those things can tell you a lot about how high the stakes are. 
So in that event, in parenting, the stakes feel much higher than in just, I don't know, do I use hand sanitizer after I get gas? Like sending your child to childcare and using hand sanitizer after getting gas at the gas station. Those are two very, like the stakes feel very different. Yeah. And so remembering that people don't feel the height or the weight of those emotions that you're feeling in the higher stakes situations. But yeah, you make a great point, and that leads us into number two. That was a good segue. Thank you. We're getting better. We are. (laughs) Okay, so two is, so one was remember that other people don't see everything. Two is choose who you care about or who cares, whose opinions you care about. So there's this great Brene Brown quote. We just, we, we love Brene Brown. Oh, we do. We You're sh- our leadership crush. Yes. Let us interview you someday. <laughs> so she says, I carry a small sheet of paper in my wallet that has written on it the names of people whose opinions of me matter. To be on that list, you have to love me for my strengths and struggles. And I just think that is so great because yeah. if you care what everyone thinks, you will never be free. You will never truly be yourself because you'll always be trying to please people and you can't. You can't mm-hmm. make everyone happy. It's not possible, especially in an individualist culture like ours where everyone has a different opinion and everyone has different values. Like, it's not possible to make everyone happy. So if you try, you're just going to be basically like a dog chasing its tail for the rest of your life. And I don't want that for you. I don't want that for me. And so choosing a few people whose opinions you trust and care about and then yeah, I think her point is great of writing it down, remembering that, being able to pull that out, whether it's on your phone or on a piece of paper or whatever, and say, like, someone judges you and makes a negative comment and you have all these feelings pop up and you pull out your list and you're like, is this person on the list? Nope. Okay. Choosing not to care yep. or choosing to set it aside. And we'll talk about this a little bit more, but like those feelings may not go away right away. Mm-hmm. Those feelings of being judged, of being inadequate, of being not enough, of being wrong, those feelings might not subside right away, but you don't have to put stock in those feelings. You don't have to change your behavior because of those feelings, and you don't have to feel shame because of those feelings. And those are choices you can make. So, yeah. Do you have a handful of people, or do you feel like you... I was just thinking, this is an exercise I need to go through. And my my list of people, if I were to make a list over a year ago, it would look different today. Mm. And I feel like a lot of that transition and who I've kept close or has gotten closer to me through the pandemic and becoming a parent, it's shifted and it's tough. Like I think about this and you know, my list and she, I think she'd be perfectly fine with me sharing this example, but like my list would have my mom on it. Mm -hmm. But then I also think there's, there's been a few points boundary wise where I've had to, you know, my mom, she's, she worries because she loves us. And she worries so much. I get text messages out of the blue about how many children are hospitalized because of this new Delta variant. And please don't send your child to childcare. Can't you get a nanny or have someone move there? And, you know, based on my factors and needing to work and what I can spend money on, I can't pay 10 to $12 an hour for a nanny and have to send my child to childcare. And I do care about what she feels or she thinks of me, but at the same time, at the end of the day, when it comes to parenting, like Tristan and I, like that, I almost feel like I need a card like parenting. Here's who I care yeah, about who judges me. Point. Health. Here is who yeah. I care about who judges me. Like, 
And so I, I, I do want to go through this activity. And I think that my list might look different based on those core values of mine, because I do care what my mom thinks about me. However, her perspective of my life is not as holistic as those who are in Indiana here with me and see my work. Yes, I work from home, but I'm on the phone sometimes 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. straight. I can't be watching my child just because I work at home. I need childcare. And and so I I think this is a fantastic idea. I am going to do this. I will probably do it this weekend and make a list and might categorize that list. Yeah. Uh, but in general, I, I would definitely keep it concise because I am a bad people pleaser and I need to get out of that habit. And so making this list will force me to think, you know, who are those top people? I'm thinking less than five. Yeah. And it is, I, I love that you brought up that idea of categorizing it because then that gives you categories in which you do care about people's opinions. And then if you have other categories outside of that, you don't even need to choose a list because it's it's like that part doesn't matter. If someone mm-hmm. judges you on how you mow the lawn, like, I don't care. Yeah, like, that's I, a great point. There's no yes. one on the list for that <laughs> because I'm getting it done, Yes, you know? Um, so choose the categories that you do care about mm-hmm. and choose the people for those categories and then just let it go. Let the other stuff go. Someone yep. judges you for how you eat an ice cream cone. Sorry, too bad. Like, yep. there's no list for that. <laughs> I think that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're going to make our list. We are. That's our homework. We're going to do it. Okay. I'm going to do it on my plane ride tomorrow. Oh, perfect. To my vacation. Yeah. So keep in mind that the closer that person is to you, it's like what that your mom said to you that one time about, you know, the, no one can make you feel more loved or yes. make you feel worse. Um, keep in mind that the people who are closest to you and the people on that list, they have the power mm-hmm. um, to communicate. And if you're trusting them, to tell you when you're doing things incorrectly or to tell you when you need to change, um, it that that can hurt. That yes. can hurt. But if you want to grow, you have to allow people to speak into your life and take what you can, take what you want from that, and then think if there are things that you're like, no, you know what, that's not, that's not right for me right now or that doesn't work for me, I need to set that aside, then you can do that. You can make those educated decisions yep. as an adult. To make a list, choose whose opinions you care about. Number three, and we we kind of talked about this already, but we're going to walk it out a little bit, is mm-hmm. decide what's important to you ahead of time. So this is really just all about mindfulness. I mean, this is about knowing what's valuable to you before the thing comes up. And I know that's so hard because sometimes you don't realize something is important to you until it comes up and you're like, why am I so upset about this right now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yesterday I had... Um, one of my coworkers, so I write, I'm on the communications team at work and I often write things for other people. So I'm kind of a ghost writer for the organization. So cool. Uh, is it? Sure. That is so cool. And I wrote something for one of my bosses and she, she rejected it and got, and then wrote something herself and then got frustrated when I said it was too long. And so I immediately felt like I was not good at my job and she is one of the people that I trust. She's one of the people that I am like, your opinion of me matters. There aren't a whole lot of people at work, honestly, that are on that list for me Mm -hmm. because I'm doing my best and that's all I can do. And so having that feeling of, okay, is this something that I have already decided matters 
do I care whether she thinks I'm prepared, whether she thinks I'm communicating well? Okay, yes, actually I do. This mm-hmm. is something that's valuable to me. It's a high value that I communicate well, communicate expectations clearly. So if she's telling me I didn't do a good job, then I need to take that, assess it, figure out what I can do differently, and change my behavior for the future. And that's not easy. That is not an easy thing to swallow. It's not fun to be like, yes, you're right. I failed. Let me try harder next time. (laughs) (laughs) But it helps because I know that communication and clear expectations are important to me. And those are something that someone else's opinion, if they are on that list, I care about. Yep. I will give another example. I know I'm like the I'm like the parent in this this uh, story. So speaking of childcare, so deciding what's important to you. When we started sending our kiddo to childcare, they had a menu of food, and oh my gosh, that first week or so, did I like stinkiest, yuckiest poops, and <laughs> it was it was an interesting time. Let's just say that. <laughs> and Tristan and I, in that first week, were like, oh my gosh, he's eating spaghettios and ravioli and has cake as his snack in the afternoon. He's never eaten like this before. And I emailed and asked, you know, can we bring our own food? I don't want to be those parents, but is that allowed? And I was really nervous about it. But when I think about what really matters to us, and Tristan said this well, he said, Becky, if we want to eat that on a regular basis, do we want to have our kid eating that on a regular basis? And I was like, that's a really good point. Like from a health perspective and food we know like he loves eggs and ground beef and berries and all this stuff. And he definitely didn't seem like it was going well with his digestive tract. <laughs> yeah. And so I was worried about being one of those parents, right? That's like, oh gosh, here they come with their lunchbox. Yep. But now we've been doing that for like the last two or three weeks. And he seems much happier, mm-hmm. much more normal in his digestive uh, functioning. <laughs> and... And now I'm like, okay, I feel really good about this because other people might judge me as being one of those parents who comes with the lunchbox, but Tristan and I, I know this is something that we value and we've made that decision and it's been two or three weeks and I can tell our child seems to have more energy and is functioning better. (laughs) And so I'm like, okay, yes, this was a good decision, but that insecurity of, oh, are people going to judge me as the crazy parent bringing the chicken and ketchup or whatever, which ketchup makes everything better in, <laughs> in our kiddo's life. I think so too. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, that's just another example. We health and our kids health important to us. I need to not worry about people thinking I'm a crazy parent because I'm bringing <laughs> a lunchbox and it's, it's working out great. Yeah. And that is one of the, the benefits of living in an individualist culture is that our culture allows you to set your own values mm-hmm. and say, this is what is important to me and I'm going to live according to this. Uh, in order for that to work, you have to decide ahead of time what your values are and what's important to you and what you're going to stick with. And then also it does require that we still be kind. So if you went to that <laughs> that childcare and you were like, wow, your food is terrible. I hate <laughs> yeah. it. I'm going to have your chef fired. Okay, that's yes. not the way to go about it. Um, it still requires you being kind and you were kind about it and, you know, not pushing into it, but just saying, Hey, this is what we need. This is what is a value to us. I can't remember if we talked about it, but I I was very intentional with how I communicated that. And my question was, what 
is bringing your own food an option? And what would that process look like? And that was it. I didn't say your food is (laughs) unworthy. I did not say that. And, and their food is fine. I'm sure for lots of kids, but for us, that is something that, you know, we just right now in our life with our kid, we want to make sure he's eating, uh, not eating certain things as much and eating some other things more. And, and yeah, the way you approach that. And I think that's a key thing here. Um, once it goes back to the value based judgment, there's certain values that we have and we want to hold ourselves to those standards, but I don't expect other people to have to hold themselves to that same standard. And I'll give one other example here. There was someone in one of our families, uh, in the last year or so that talked about, um, getting separated from their spouse and wanting to get a divorce. And someone was very upset about this and they were just angry and, I asked them, why are they, you know, why are you so angry? And they're like, gosh, people just devalue marriage these days. It's supposed to be for a lifetime. And I was like, okay, this family member, are they Christian? Is that a Christian belief that that marriage is for a lifetime? You shouldn't get divorced. And he's like, yeah, I guess. Yeah. And I go, is this, is this family member Christian? Like, is that one of their values is marriage is a lifetime partnership. You're making this partnership to God. And he's like, no, they're not Christian. I was like, why did they get married? Oh, because they loved each other, but there's benefits with getting married, um, work-wise, insurance-wise, all of that. And so talking in that framework of, okay, you're put, putting your value of you think you shouldn't get divorced. This is, you know, this is a partnership. You've promised God you're in for life. And this family member, they don't believe in God. And marriage is a it's a license, and it gives them benefits. And yeah. They, they, the value of marriage is just different. Not saying it's bad or wrong. That's just, it's a different value. So the way that that person was feeling about the family member getting divorced, it was based off their value of marriage. Yeah. And maybe at some point we'll circle back (laughs) to, uh, if you were judging someone else, what that says about you. Yes. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll come back to that because that could be a whole episode in and of itself because it's mm-hmm. an interesting thing to think about of like if you are feeling really up in arms about someone else's moral decisions that especially when they don't affect you. Yep. What is that communicating about you and your emotional state? Mm-hmm. So, you know, just we'll just throw that out there. Just is that fun. another podcast? <laughs> That'll be another podcast. Is that podcast. a future podcast? Yeah. <laughs> we'll come back to that. <laughs> But yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it's understanding that in our culture, um, in the United States, we believe that you can have your own values and you can live according to those values. And really, all you can do is your best, even in those values. You can only do your best. None of us are perfect. None of us make the right choices all of the time. It's just not reality. That's not possible. So to wrap up, <laughs> it's helpful to think about what's important to you and whose opinions are important to you ahead of time. I think those really are the key points here is if you've thought about it ahead of time, then even when those feelings pop up of, of negativity, of being judged, of feeling like you're wrong or someone believes that you are wrong or feeling shame, you can remind yourself, no, I made this decision. I did my best. Even if I am wrong, I'm going to learn from it and move on. And I did the best that I could. Yep. There was an amazing quote. Speaking of if you if you are wrong, you're going to learn from it. There was an amazing quote. I think I have it in my notes here. And it was, oh, who's it by? Oh, man, I don't know where I put it. <laughs> it's in one of my notes on in one of my things here. But it basically talked about the universe 
giving you in this moment what you need to become the person you need to be in the future. Mm. And those hard times when you're like, oh, why did this happen? You know, mm-hmm. why didn't I, uh, why didn't I do this or say no to this or whatever? And the universe, you can replace that with, you know, if you're faith-based or whatever, but this, it's basically that thought process of really everything does happen for a reason. And even if you wish you could go back in time and change something, what, what are you going to learn from that? And that, if you learn from it, it's going to help you become that person that's even more resilient or even stronger or even wiser for those future decisions. And if you plan on how you want to grow, then you can become the person you want to be. Mike, drop. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that's dealing with judgment. Good luck. (laughs) You've got a few tips here. Yeah. I think we should all go make this list of who, who do we care about? And if those people are judging us, that's when we really need, you know, to assess, get feedback. Uh, it's almost like a filter for coaching in those areas in our life. Yeah. And and that can also help us say, okay, these other people judging us, if they're not on that list, brush it off. Mm-hmm. And if it's something like mowing your grass, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us on this episode, Dealing with Judgment. We hope this helped you. Tune in uh, next time. We're going to talk about how to motivate others. Yeah. Yeah. What a cool trick that'll be. (laughs) We hope you'll tune back in. We'll talk to you later. Bye.